This is the Jimmy James Show. Whose line is it? Edition. It is now time to explain to people just what's wrong with me. Oh, thank you. Hey guys, what's up? Jimmy James here on Whose Line Is It? 7 Extreme Edition. Yeah, I did the Ultimate Edition, but um we're going to try it a little different this way. This this time around. So I figured for 7 uh instead of Ultimate 2, I wanted to do Whose Line Is It? Um, for the whole movie speeches. So, uh, I'm not going to be talking long because I got to get to work getting some, uh, the best movie lines, I think. Um, so like, uh, I think the first one up I did just with my phone next to my TV because I was just like in a rush, but now I'm going to do it properly. And uh, make sure it sounds good. Um, I wanted to give you guys a few things that's coming up. This season's running really long. I also did put two video podcasts out there, but for some reason, I have, they're not, they're published. They're just not up yet. It said it could take some time for review, which I don't understand. I, I've done video podcasts before, and I never had a problem. Maybe it's because, um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I was playing music, I was smoking, I don't know. And on my last show, which was the, uh, what I have, uh, Insane, well, basically Jimmy James Insane with wires and apps and, well, that's that. I believe that's what it was called, yeah. Uh, apps and so that's that. Uh... And I put a small trailer for upcoming beatdowns that I'm going to do all new because for some reason, like I keep saying, uh, a couple of my main hits are beatdowns, whose line is it, mixing it up, honestly, I got to go back and listen to some of them, I don't know how many I made, and last, well, there's a lot more, but, uh, because I'm doing some new things like uh, outtakes on shorts, I already did two of them, Just a Bad Day, which I believe is going to be Just a Bad Day, six is my next Just a Bad Day, um, yeah. So I'm I'm hard at work here and I'm telling you one thing and this is the last thing and I'm going to let you guys go ahead and enjoy. Right now I am not I repeat I am not getting um any anchor ad support at the moment. So I'm waiting on that. All right. I'll be right back but for now enjoy this movie speech on Whose line is it? Extreme edition. This is number seven. Whose line is it seven? Here we go. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. 
It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. Until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. Okay, welcome guys. We're gonna start the insanity right here. Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. He just told you. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! That's what he wants. He he wants you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, dude. Ah, she's all right. You tell me. Become wrath. Tell me she's all right! She made her a suspect, David. No! Just threw it all away, you know. No! She begged for her life, Detective. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up! And for the life of the baby inside of her. Shut up!
that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Yes, Gorlomi, lo pronuncio correctamente? Sí, correcto. Gorlomi? Me lo repite un poco. Gorlomi. Excuse me. Gorlomi. Ancora una volta. Gorlomi. ¿Cómo se llama lei? Antonio Margarete. Ancora? Margarete. Un'altra volta, ma adesso vorrei proprio sentire la musica delle parole. Margarete. Margarete. E lei? Dominic de Coco. Come? Dominic de Coco. Bravo. Bravo. Glaube, meine Kamerafreunde, müssen ihre... Okay, we're about to start Whose Line Is It 7 Insanity Edition. But uh, before I really start, I want to give this one a shout out to Justin Stewart from uh, Justin's uh, Ion Entertainment World Review. My brother, uh, he said very nice things about me. Thank you for that, Justin. I already thanked, I thanked him already, but... I want to get on to another point he was talking about, but not now. First, I want to introduce this uh, segment to whose line is it for Justin, because, man, he's the one who found it. So, thank, thanks again, Justin, and I'll get back on to what I wanted to talk about. So, here we go. This is... The top ten lines from Clue. Well, someone's got to break the ice, and it might as well be me. I mean, I'm used to being a hostess. It's part of my husband's work, and it's always difficult when a group of new friends meet together for the first time to get acquainted. So I'm perfectly prepared to start the ball rolling. I mean, I, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself, and I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Number nine. Professor Plum, you were once a professor of psychiatry, specializing in helping paranoid and homicidal lunatics suffering from delusions of grandeur. Yes, but now I work for the United Nations. So your work has not changed. Number eight. Uh, well, if you'll excuse me, I have to, um, um, is there another girl's room in the hall? Oui, oui, madame. No, I just want a powder my nose thing. Number seven. That must be it. Why is the car stopped? It's frightened. Number six. Just checking. Everything all right? Yep, two corpses, everything's fine. <laughs> Number five. The game's up, Scarlet. There are no more bullets left in that gun. 
Come on, you don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. It was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! Number four. Anybody else want a whiskey? Yeah. All right, look, pay attention, everybody. Wadsworth, am I right in thinking there is nobody else in this house? No. Then there is someone else in this house. No, sorry, I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Look, I want a straight answer. Is there someone else or isn't there yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't? Yes. Please! Don't you think we should get that man out of the house before he finds out what's been going on here? Number three. You see, like the Mantis, we always get our man. Mrs. Peacock was a man? <coughs> Would anyone care for fruit or dessert? Number two. I am your singing telegram. Number one. You were jealous that your husband was stripping her. That, that's why you killed him, too. Yes. Yes, I did it. I killed Yvette. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it, flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breath. And that's our list. I know they're. All right. And um, here are 10 more of the clue little quote thingies. I won't be counting down this time. I'll just play. Was that his final word on the matter? Being killed is pretty final, wouldn't you say? And yet he was the one who died, not you, Mrs. White, not you. What did he do for a living? He was a scientist. Nuclear physics. What was he like? He was always a rather stupidly optimistic man. I mean, I'm afraid it came as a great shock to him when he died, but he, he was found dead at home. His head had been cut off, and so had his, uh, you know. I had been out all evening at the movies. Do you miss him? Well, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. But he was your second husband. Your first husband also disappeared. But that was his job. He was an illusionist. But he never reappeared. Uh, he wasn't a very good illusionist.
listening. Have you ever given any thought to the kingdom of heaven? What? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You ain't just whistling Dixie. Armageddon is almost upon us. I got news for you. It's already here. Go away. But your souls are in danger. Our lives are in danger, you feet, Nick. So how did you know Colonel Mustard works in Washington? Is he one of your clients? Certainly not. I was asking Miss Scarlet. Well, you tell him it's not true. It's not true. Is that true? That's no, not true. Ha-ha! So it is true. A double negative. Double negative? You mean you have photographs? That sounds like a confession to me. In fact, the double negative has led to proof positive. I'm afraid you gave yourself away. Are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? You don't need any help from me, sir. That's right. Come on, there is only one admitted killer here, and it is certainly not me, it is her. I've admitted nothing. Well, you paid the blackmail. How many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's? Yours. Five. Five. Yes, just the five. Husbands should be like Kleenex. Soft, strong, and disposable. You lure men to their deaths like a spider with flies. Flies are where men are most vulnerable. Right. Well, one of us must have killed him. Well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I told you I didn't do it. I told you I didn't do it. Now, there's one thing I don't understand. One thing? There's still one thing I don't understand. One thing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Well, communism is just a red herring. Communism is just a red herring. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. And that's the... Alright, guys. Um, I'll find uh, this scene, uh, a more movie scene from Clue. Um, Justin was telling me the quote, and uh, I, I got to find it, but... Alright. Be right back, either with that scene, or I'll put it in later. Either way, I'll be right back. I wanted to throw this little bonus in instead of a anchor ad, which I don't have. I wanted to uh, just give you guys a song, like a real song, not from me. Um, I I seen this recently. This is an old song, but it was redone in 2017. You guys are going to know this song. And uh, shame on me for not seeing it sooner, but I'm going to share it right now. Here we go. For your love, okay, and take on me. Take me on. I'll be gone in a day or two. 
much to say I'm odds and ends But that's me, I'm stumbling away Slowly learning that life is okay And say after me It's no better to be safe than sorry And I take on me defined ourselves by the ability to overcome the impossible. And we count these moments. The first ever to fly faster than the speed of sound. These moments when we dared to aim higher, to break barriers, to reach for the stars. 76, you are go. To make the unknown known. We count these moments as our proudest achievements. Having fired the imagination of a generation. But we lost all that. Holds into port for the last time. 
we're still pioneers, that we've barely begun, and that our greatest accomplishments cannot be behind us, because our destiny Pray for rain, you gotta deal with the mud too. When you look at me, what do you see? <laughs> hmm? The answer is nothing. I have no feelings about you one way or the other. You're like. like lint or, or a bottle cap. You're just a thing to remove. I knew a Russian police captain back in the day. He told me about a case he worked on. I can't remember the guy's name. He was a famous scholar, lived in Moscow. He was a humanitarian, an author. Anyway, he decided to share his abundance with someone less fortunate. And even though he had five beautiful children, he opened his home to a sixth, an orphan 12-year-old boy. Kid had been pounded by the system from an early age, trouble prone to violence, a lost cause. Stop me if you know this one. Oh no, carry on. So this good man opened his home to this boy. And when the boy stole from him, this good man loved him anyway. When the boy failed in school, this good man showed understanding and patience. When the boy lied and cheated and clawed and fought, this good man showed compassion and love until the boy who had never felt anything like being wanted or loved, he finally did. The man had broken through. By all accounts, it was a miracle. One week later, intruders broke into the man's house, killed the man and his wife in bed. They said some small things were stolen, things a child might steal. No one knows for sure. The man's children were sent off to live with relatives. The boy, the orphan, shipped back to hell. Just when he finally had a chance at life, it was snatched away by two bullets. It's a well-known story. Mm. They ever catch who did it? Did they? Maybe they didn't look in the right place. Sometimes the answer's right in front of you. Yeah, I think the boy did it. I think the boy was scared that his foster parents would wake up one day and realize that he wasn't worth it like all the others had, and he couldn't bear the thought that this man, this good man, would do that to him, would throw him away, like a piece of lint or a bottle cap. So, he decided not to find out. What do you think, Nikolai? You think you know me? <laughs> 
You strike me as a sentimental man, Mr. McCall. That's surprising. I... I don't possess that chip. I never could understand what comes from feeling that way, except weakness. The men I killed, your men, I gave them a chance. They made their decision. I'm giving you the opportunity to make yours. Thank you. You're welcome. You let me know when you decide. Of course. I've done some bad things in my life to make a lot. Things I'm not proud of. I promised someone that I love very much that I would never go back to being that person. But for you, I'm going to make an exception. You ask me what I saw when I looked at you. What do you see when you look at me? Alright, since this is the Insanity Edition, I've had this in, I think, almost every whose line is it. And I don't, I, I think I did do the whole scene, but I can't do a whose line is it without this whole, the whole thing. So, sit back and enjoy. Because this is one of my favorite scenes, and probably one of your favorite scenes. It has to be in your top ten or top five. Right here. Here we go. Defense calls Colonel Nathan Jessup. Colonel Jessup, would you raise your right hand, please, sir? Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you will give in this general court-martial will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes, I do. Would you have a seat, please, sir? Would you state your name, rank, and current billet for the record, please, sir? Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, Commanding Officer, Marine Ground Forces, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Thank you, sir. He's not here. Colonel, when you learned of Santiago's letter to the NIS, you had a meeting with your two senior officers. Is that right? Yes. The platoon commander, Lieutenant Jonathan Kendrick, and the executive officer, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Markinson. Yes. And at present, Colonel Markinson is dead. Is that right? Objection. I'd like to know just what the defense counsel is implying. I'm implying simply that, at present, Colonel Markinson is not alive. Surely Colonel Jessup doesn't need to appear in this courtroom to confirm that information. I just wasn't sure if the witness is aware that two days ago the Colonel took his own life with a 45 caliber pistol. The witness is aware, the court is aware, and now the court members are aware. But we thank you for bringing this to our attention. Move on, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Colonel, at the time of this meeting, you gave Lieutenant Kendrick an order, is that right? I told Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. And did you give an order to Colonel Markinson as well? 
I ordered Markinson to have Santiago transferred off the base immediately. Why? I felt his life might be in danger once word of the letter got out. Grave danger? Is there another kind? Colonel, we have the transfer order. You and Colonel Markinson co-signed ordering that Santiago be on a flight leaving Guantanamo at 6 the next morning. Is that the first flight off the base? The 0600 was the first flight off the base. Well, you flew up to Washington early this morning, is that right? Yes. I noticed you're wearing your Class A dress uniform for your appearance in court today. As are you, Lieutenant. Did you wear that uniform on the plane? Please, the court, is this dialogue relevant to anything? The defense didn't have an opportunity to depose this witness, Your Honor. I'd ask the court for a little latitude. A very little latitude. Colonel? I wore utilities on the plane. You brought your dress uniform with you? Yes. Toothbrush, shaving kit, change of underwear. Your Honor! Is the Colonel's underwear a matter of national security? Gentlemen! You better get somewhere fast with this, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Colonel? I brought a change of clothes and some personal items. Thank you. After Dawson and Downey's arrest on the night of the 6th, Santiago's barracks room was sealed off and its contents inventory. Four pairs of camouflage pants, three long sleeve khaki shirts, three pairs of boots, four pairs of green socks, three OD green t-shirts, Please, two the court, is there a question anywhere in our future? Lieutenant Caffey, I have to ask you to state your question. I'm wondering why Santiago was impacted. Tell you what, we'll get back to that one in a minute. This is a record of all telephone calls made from your base in the past 24 hours. After being subpoenaed to Washington, you made three calls and highlighted those calls in yellow. Do you recognize those numbers, sir? I called Colonel Fitzhughes in Quantico, Virginia. I wanted to let him know that I would be in town. The second call was to arrange a meeting with Congressman Richmond of the House Armed Services Committee. And the third call was to my sister, Elizabeth. Why did you make that call, sir? I thought she might like to have dinner tonight. Your Honor. I'm going to put a stop to this. Your Honor, these are the telephone records from Gitmo for September 6th. And these are 14 letters that Santiago wrote in nine months, requesting, in fact, begging for a transfer. Upon hearing the news that he was finally getting his transfer, Santiago was so excited that do you know how many people he called? Zero. Nobody. Not one call to his parents saying he was coming home. Got one call to a friend saying, can you pick me up at the airport? He was asleep in his bed at midnight, and according to you, he was getting on a plane in six hours. Yet everything he owned was hanging neatly in his closet and folded neatly in his footlocker. You were leaving for one day. You packed a bag and made three phone calls. Santiago was leaving for the rest of his life. And he hadn't called a soul. And he hadn't packed a thing. Can you explain that? The fact is, there was no transfer order. Santiago wasn't going anywhere. Isn't that right, Colonel? Objection, Your Honor. It's obvious that Lieutenant Caffey's intention this afternoon is to smear a high-ranking Marine officer in the desperate hope that the mere appearance of impropriety will win him points with the court members. Now, it's my recommendation, sir, that Lieutenant Caffey be reprimanded for his conduct and the witness be excused with the court's deepest apologies. Overrule. Your Honor. The objection is noted. Colonel. 
just funny, sir? No, it's not. It's tragic. Do you have an answer? Absolutely. My answer is I don't have the first damn clue. Maybe he was an early riser and liked to pack in the morning. And maybe he didn't have any friends. I'm an educated man, but I'm afraid I can't speak intelligently about the travel habits of William Santiago. What I do know is that he was set to leave the base at 0600. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Phone calls and foot lockers? Please tell me that you have something more, Lieutenant. These two Marines are on trial for their lives. Please tell me that their lawyer hasn't pinned their hopes to a phone bill. Do you have any other questions for me, Counselor? Lieutenant Cathy. Lieutenant, do you have anything further for this witness? Thanks, Danny. I love Washington. Excuse me. I didn't dismiss you. I beg your pardon? I'm not through with my examination. Sit down. Colonel. What's that? I'd appreciate if he would dress me as Colonel or Sir. I believe I've earned it. Defense counsel will address the witness as Colonel or Sir. I don't know what the hell kind of unit you're running here. And the witness will address this court as Judge or Your Honor. I'm quite certain I've earned it. Take your seat, Colonel. What do you want to discuss now? My favorite color? Colonel, the 6 a.m. flight was the first one off the base? Yes. There wasn't a flight that left seven hours earlier and landed at Andrews Air Force Base at 2 a.m.? Lieutenant, I think we've covered this, haven't we? Your Honor, these are the Tower Chief's logs from both Guantanamo Bay and Andrews Air Force Base. Guantanamo log lists no flight that left at 11 p.m. and the Andrews log lists no flight that landed at 2 a.m. I'd like to admit them as defense exhibits Alpha and Bravo. I don't understand. You're admitting evidence of a flight that never existed. Well, we believe it did, sir. Defense will be calling Airman Cecil O'Malley and Airman Anthony Rodriguez. They were working the ground crew at Andrews at 2 a.m. on the 7th. Your Honor, these men weren't on the list. Rebuttal witnesses, Your Honor, are called specifically to refute testimony offered under direct examination. I'll allow the witnesses. This is ridiculous. Colonel, a moment ago, check the tower logs for Christ's sake. Well, we'll get to the airman in just a minute, sir. A moment ago, you said that you ordered Lieutenant Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. That's right. And Lieutenant Kendrick was clear on what you wanted? Crystal. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick ignored the order? Ignored the order? Any chance he forgot about it? No. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick left your office and said, the old man is wrong? No. When Lieutenant Kendrick spoke to the platoon and ordered them not to touch Santiago, any chance they ignored him? You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? 
No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. Colonel, I have just one more question before I call Airman O'Malley and Airman Rodriguez. If you gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, and your orders are always followed, then why would Santiago be in danger? Why would it be necessary to transfer him off the base? Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred... That's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You said he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said, is there I any... I recall other... what I, I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why the two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir. You made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut country. these guys loose! Your Honor, you had Marcus inside a bony transfer! Your Honor, you doctored the logbook! Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did! Please, the court, I suggest the members be dismissed so that we can move to an immediate Article 39A session. The witness has rights. Captain Ross.
Jack? The members of the court will retire to an anteroom until further instructed. All rise. What the hell is this? Colonel, what's going on? I did my job. I do it again. I'm going to get on a plane and go on back to my base. You're not going anywhere, Colonel. MPs, guard the Colonel. Yes, sir. Captain Ross. What the hell is this? Colonel Jessup, you have the right to remain silent. Any statement? I'm being charged with a crime. Trial by court martial. Is that what this is? Or administrative? I'm being charged with a crime. Right to consult with a lawyer prior to any further questioning. This is funny. This lawyer may be a civilian. That's what this is. This is expense. I'm gonna rip the eyes out of your head and piss in your dead skull. You fucked with the wrong marine, Colonel Jessup. Do you understand these rights as I've just read them to you? You fucking people. You have no idea how to defend a nation. All you did was weaken a country today, Kathy. That's all you did. You put people's lives in danger. Sweet dreams, son. Don't call me son. I'm a lawyer and an officer in the United States Navy. And you're under arrest, you son of a bitch. The witness is excused. Listen, that is by far my favorite scene. I mean, I still get goosebumps listening to that. It's not because I'm a big fan of the military and war or anything like that. It's because those three, uh, it's Kevin Bacon, Tom Cruise, and, you know, obviously... Jack Nicholson, it was just so intense. And then, you know, when I got older, I was actually understanding what the what the the argument was about instead of like, oh, I know that movie. You can't handle the truth. And then if you really listen, how he kind of traps him in the uh, admitting it. And uh, I think earlier in the movie, well, I know, I know, I don't think, I know earlier in the movie where... Tom Cruise says, I think he wants to, I think he wants to tell us, I, you know, like deep down, because that line about them, the Marines, and this is where it's like, you you sit there and you talk shit about people in the army, even me, like I said, I don't think there should be wars, but these guys are up there, literally, knowing shit that you don't, and doing shit that you have no idea, and you don't, you take it for granted, and you don't give a shit, you know, because there are people out there who would fucking take advantage if we just were like, all right, no more military, I mean, it would be great around the world, that's what I I always wanted to say, like, you know, actually grow as a species, and, you know, but that's not how the world works, it could, but doesn't. And just, you know, that's why I put the whole scene in this time. And, uh, oh, that's it. I, that's it for Whose Line Is It? Um, Insanity Edition. I'll have, uh, I guess I'll be, I'll be off for about two weeks and then, 
yeah, two weeks, maybe three weeks for season 11. I am gassed out and I gotta wait for my ads because basically I'm doing all this for nothing. And, um, I, oh, real quick, I wanted to add in one more thing with Justin, which I'll do right after this. I just gotta get this, uh, track and then I'll get on to my lasting thoughts for season 10. Be right back. Okay, back. Um, alright, well, first of all, I want to say, uh, craziness. Uh, I did a lot of episodes. I did a lot of crazy shit this season. Um, uh, well, what else? Uh, well, Justin was talking about at the end of his episode. He, he did a couple times, and, but, it was about um, showing support for one another as podcasters and stuff like that, or youth, any kind of creators or anything, but it gets a little deeper than that. We really don't get paid anything. Like, I'm getting nothing for this, because, so, ads work like this. It's really simple. Anchor is what I'm... Spotify and Anchor, whatever. It's Spotify, pretty much. Spotify gives you an ad. And then you can use that ad so many times. Before, I had unlimited amount. But then they changed the way, I guess, in 2022. Late 2022. So now you get an ad and you only get so many. So the only other way I can get an ad is... Let's say... Just throw, like, a big brand company says hey would you you know i'll do so many you know uh i'll give you 10 impressions or whatever like you know we'll we'll throw you in 10 of uh you can have 10 ads and we'll pay you whatever amount revenue per mile or per listen and even if i did get uh, it starts out at zero and then how Anchor or Spotify works, it starts at a zero and then it builds up to ten dollars and fifty cents. But I always go beyond ten fifty. I went all the way up to like thirty dollars RPM and then I went up to the second ad I went up to like fifteen, sixteen dollars, and then it stopped. And now I have nothing. So I you know, asked them how's this work. I went to the help. I emailed. I did all that. The only other way I can make income is there's two ways. Well, three ways, but two ways. Two ways right now would be support. I need support from you guys. Even if it's 99 cents, that goes so, that goes a long way because I'm doing, I'm, I'm putting my time in to do this. And I'll talk about that also. Like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, all right. Yeah, I'm putting lines in and stuff. And honestly, I'm not asking to be paid. You know, I would love it, but we do this on our own time. It's not like I have a professional team. Could I do that in the future? Possibly. Would it be the only way it would be done is if I get more followers? more supporters so if you can support for 99 cents there's 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 that's the three choices i always say 99 cents that's fine do that that will help out tremendous if i get 10 people that's 10 dollars a month 
that takes care of like whatever some of my electricity bill just to put this out but if i get a hundred people it's a hundred a month now now i'm like all right i want to put out better stuff i want to do this better i can get better equipment you know goes on and on and on and i also look at it like this is my therapy it might be yours you might be driving I don't know. Might be listening to this. I, I mean, I don't think you would listen to a podcast while you're sitting at home, like watching t- watching TV. You know how many times I put on Spotify on the TV and listen to music a lot, but usually I just have it on my, um, you know, on my phone, and I'm just listening to it like that, or if I'm going somewhere. So I just wanted to make a point on what Justin was saying in his show, and um. That I don't know. It kind of bothers me that that uh, we don't get the support we really do need. And honestly, it's like a double-edged sword there too, because you're like, all right, well, then everybody would do a podcast. You gotta be good to get money. If you're like not that good at doing a podcast, you're not gonna get that many followers. You're not gonna get that many supporters. Okay, great. Well. No, well, not great for that person. I'm saying, okay, I, it's understandable. But when I, me personally, I go above and beyond. I'm trying all these different things out. Like, all right, maybe if I just talk to them, talk, talk to the listeners, see if they can relate, see if they'll, if, and then, you know, mix it up a little bit. Whose line is it? Or fucking beats. Dude, like beats, whose line is it, the comedy stuff, all that stuff gets hits. Even just me talking into the mic for fucking an hour going completely fucking bananas, batshit crazy, that gets a lot of hits. So (laughs) when I go back and look at the analytics, I'm all over the place just like you. It's like ADHD. It looks like I'm looking at ADHD. And I really don't look at the analytics. I really don't. That's where you need more help. Or you need more support. So yeah. Sorry I'm like going on about this. And it's not like Justin said this. This is Justin's word. He's like I'm not asking you for money. But if you could support it. If you could support me yeah. And it was like funny. Because it was like well that's still asking for money. Either way. <laughs> so there's two way, three ways I said. So support. And then there's subscription. Which I canceled the subscription part, and I'm going to put it back on because I now see that there's a lower subscription plan that I can go to than $1.99. So when I start doing content, you'll have to pay at least. That was, I'm just going to say that was the third way. It, because the subscription, support, or an, an ad from Spotify or Anchor, but Either the only other way you can get paid is subscription. So basically, let's say from season 11 out, you have to pay at least 49 cents. Like I think that's the lowest or 89 cents. I forget what it was. 49? I can't remember. 49 cents a month and you get to listen to everything. If you can't afford 49 cents, then yeah. I mean, you should help some, help, help me out with 49 cents. I would do the same if I wanted to listen to a podcast. I would pay 49 cents a month. I mean, it's 49 cents, 50 cents. And 
I whoever supports me as a creator, I will support them back for the same amount. And then that sounds asinine, but in a way, I, like I said, I think it it just helps us boost up each other. All right, and um, I I have so many movie lines here um, that I didn't put in, but that's why it's like the insanity edition. There's so much going on and so much I gotta edit. So and I'm 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 just worn out from doing a lot of editing that I have to do yet. I'm not even done. Like I still gotta put this all together. So I'm gonna do that, and I really hope you guys think about what I said. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Cody. Those two guys are all we always talk. We're always talking. Um, Justin is a good friend. I appreciate what he said on his show tonight about my um family member who passed. And uh yeah, so I think I'm gonna take a little break. And uh sorry I didn't make this as long as I wanted, but um this is why I'm kind of giving you my last little thought right here but uh if i missed anything you know i'll listen to this again when i'm doing the editing and i'll add it in but this is it for season 10 it's a wrap this is jimmy james saying take care of yourselves and one another peace out much love much respect and catch you on the flip side peace I bring you a message. Exactly six miles north of Skag Mountain in the Valley of Pain, there lives an evil devil monster. His name is Bingo Gas Station Motel Cheeseburger with a side of aircraft noise and you'll be Gary, Indiana. And he loves to hurt people. The last time I saw Bingo Gas Station Motel Cheeseburger with a side of aircraft noise and you'll be Gary, Indiana, He told me what he wants to do. He wants to come down here and kill each and every one of you. But I said to him, bingo, wait a minute. And the reason I said that is because I believe in you people. I believe you can do the job. I believe you can help each other. I believe you can make this world a better place to live in. That's it. What's up, guys? This is Jimmy James. Just one more thing. If you listen to me on this, Spotify, Anchor, any platform you're on right now, you can also follow me on YouTube, Twitter, whatever, Facebook. Like I said, you could do it all. You can go on there. You can like me. You can hate me. You can dislike, approve, unimprove, whatever. Whatever you think I need to do to approve. Or to get your approval. That's all I'm looking for. That's all I care for. I just care for your approval. But for now, this is me just saying goodbye. Goodbye, world. Okay, Jim, I'll see you around. Where are you going? No, oh, no. Oh, that's not what I thought he meant by that at all. Goodbye, everybody.
Yeah. <laughs> 